Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. <laughs> All the time God is good. That's his nature. Wow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Where shall we begin? Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Go to Acts chapter 10. So Wednesday nights we've... Um, actually, before I get into the Word, I'm going to make this announcement. Uh, we'll stay on this series um, uh, for a couple months. Uh, but also just to, to announce this on Monday night during prayer, um, to our corporate prayer time, that starting in February, um, we're going to not just have a, a session in here, uh, as we'll talk about living uncommon, but also starting in February, we're going to be starting a, a healing school as well. We'll have it in our back module building. We'll give you more, more uh, information about that, but that will go for about 12 weeks or so. Um, and um, Eric and Nikki and uh, will be overseeing that class, uh, but also we'll have different different people instructing in that as well. Uh, just some things the Lord just instructed us, you know, to have this year. And after we finish the healing healing uh, school, then we're going to have a marriage class for about probably twelve weeks, and then we'll go back and have an, then we'll take a break in the summer, and then we'll go back uh, towards the end of summer, and then we'll go back and do another healing school. Um, and so just mark your calendars for that. And I'm going to give you more information on how that will work. And, um, but I believe that uh, it's something we're directing us in. And so we believe that the people that will, uh, will have in their hearts that say, you know, I need to be a part of that class, that, that you'll connect with that. And, um, but no matter whether you're uh, out here or back, back there, you know, the anointing will be present and, and the word will go forth. And we're just being obedient to what God's directing us to do as it pertains to um, uh, growing as a, as a church. And, and, and seeing uh, God move in a miraculous ways in, in our lives. Amen. So, living uncommon. Can you say that? Living uncommon. Amen. Last week, Eric, his awesome message, and, and he, one of the things he dealt with was he talked about, you know, pursuing things. And it's talking about that, that if we want to see uncommon things, we have to pursue uncommon things. And, you know, how he pursued Nikki, you know, and he, he, wa- he wanted something greater in his life, so he had to pursue it. There's some other stories there, and Nikki will minister next Wednesday, so I hope Nikki may, may minister some of those other things. But, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be uncommon. You know, and to live uncommon, uh, in order to be uncommon, we need to live uncommon. In order to be uncommon, we need to live uncommon. It's not just saying, you know, I want to be different. It's not just saying that I don't want to be like the rest of the world. It's not saying, well, it's not saying, well, I don't, I don't want this or I don't want that. A lot of times we tell people what we don't want, but we don't change anything. You know, a lot of times we, 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 we say we want these things, but yet we keep doing the things that will keep us from those things. And so if we want to, if we want something, we have to make adjustments and, and the adjustments that we always have to make are, are, are thought adjustments. They're perspective adjustments. It's on how we see things. I, I, it's, it's a paradigm shift. It's shifting our paradigm. It's shifting our, our, another way you look at it, it's shifting our MO or shifting our mode of operation our, on how we do things. And, and so that's what I believe the Lord is going to continue to equip us here on Wednesday nights about living uncommon. And that's chapter 10, and this is where this all started, and the Lord had me really um, put this phrase, living uncommon, and really came out of Acts chapter 10, verse 15. And, 
And, and when I first, when the Lord took it, took me to, and I was reading it, I was, I was like, well, what does this have to do? I, Cause I'm thinking it's dealing with, it's dealing with food. It's dealing with food. And he goes, well, but no, it, it's dealing with, it's dealing with, with something that rep, it represents something. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 15 it says, Hallelujah. It says, and the voice came to him again a second time, what God hath cleansed and pronounced clean, do not you defile and profane by regarding and calling common and unhallowed or unclean. So what God's called uncommon, you don't call it, what God's calls something great, you don't call it not great. Really, you know, he was dealing with Peter and, and he was causing him to see a vision. And really what he was causing him to see was don't look down on the Gentiles. Gentiles are a people, meaning, meaning he was seeing, see, the Gentiles aren't to be considered uncommon. I mean, aren't to be considered common. That, why? Because I've called them to be uncommon. And the Lord said, he goes, and that's what the Lord just took that scripture and placed in my heart. He said, he goes, my people, my people are not supposed to be looked down upon. My people aren't supposed to be less than. My people are supposed to be greater than. My people aren't supposed to be the least. They're supposed to be the greater. They're not supposed to be common. They're not supposed to be second rate. They're supposed to be extraordinary people. And we talked about this. We brought up some scriptures like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. Thoughts of plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. That God has thoughts of peace. That God has thoughts of peace. He doesn't have thoughts that are less than about you. He has extraordinary thoughts about you. We, we also talked about Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. That you are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. And the Amplified says those, those paths prearranged, those paths prearranged, made, made ready, those paths made ready for you to live a good life. So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel 22. And I don't have time to review. So I just want to get into this. Ezekiel 22. Let's look at verse 29. Ezekiel 22, verse 29. It says, and I sought for, I mean, verse 29, I'm sorry. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have pressed the stranger wrongfully. And verse 30 says, and I sought for a man among them. That they should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me, before the, uh, stand before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Now, think about this. He, he is saying that there's a people that have been oppressed. There's people that have been robbed from. There's people that have been vexed. There's people that are needy and they're oppressing the stranger. So he says, I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge. Meaning among these people that in the natural are broken, among these people that are oppressed, I'm looking for someone. Among this people that, that may have lack, among these people that may be less than, among these people that the world might look as, as oppressed 
or pushed down, hidden, in prison, captive. Among these people, he says, I sought a man. You know, he didn't say that I sought for a wind. I sought for a fire. I sought for an angel. I sought for a, a, a glory cloud. No, he said, I sought a man. But he says, I couldn't find one. And I don't think I'm going to be able to get into that time about I couldn't find one tonight. But the aspect is God is looking for, in the natural, that may be common men or women. But he's looking for a man to do uncommon things. I love that the fact that among all that he said, I, I saw the man. I'm looking for a man. You see, God takes ordinary things and does extraordinary things with them. We saw that even with Eric talked about talking about the the ravens and he took he took ordinary birds to feed a prophet. He took ordinary oil. And an ordinary jar that filled up numerous amounts of jars that had that that we didn't know how many necessarily they had filled up. That that was something ordinary. He took ordinary fish and and put a coin in its mouth to pay taxes. He 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 took ordinary water in vats and 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 did something extraordinary and made wine out of them. I mean, think about how God operates. He's. He's not limited to time. He's not limited to, to, to our natural understanding. But yet in everything, he, he sought a man. Even when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, you know, the first thing that God does pretty much is after he confronts Adam and says, who told you you were naked? And God, God just says, hey, he goes, he goes, there's one coming. There's one coming. And he, he, he looks to the serpent and he said, there's one coming. And he, he says, he. He, he, he is going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. So even in the midst of that, God is saying that I'm going to take something that might be common, having to do with the fall of man, and I'm going to do something uncommon with him. You see, he's, we always sit back and we're waiting for God to do something extraordinary through someone else. But are we really looking for God to do something uncommon through us? He's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a, a, a people that will, God, that will just say, here I am, God, send me. But, but if we don't have a mentality that he wants to do something beyond me, we'll settle for where we are. We'll settle for ordinary And when God's looking for a man, we'll, we'll say, well, maybe he's looking for another man. Lord, help me tonight. Too often we see ourselves as insignificant vessels instead of the extraordinary workmanship he created us to be. Ephesians says we are his workmanship. We are handcrafted. We are that piece of clay that he 
put on the potter's wheel. That he is, that he has, that he has shaped and that he is shaping. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. What what will cause us to do and live uncommon? We have to settle in our heart that we will be everything that God's created us to be and that we will do everything God's created us to do. You don't need to turn there. Actually, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 41. I had, I had other direction I thought I was going to go when I was studying earlier today. And I got to this afternoon and I just, I just sensed, I was like, well, not yet on some of this. So maybe we'll, we'll come back to that in a couple of weeks. Hallelujah. Genesis 41. Now, before I read this scripture, I want to, I want to make this known, this, this quote, this verse. It's Job chapter 8, verse 7. And, and it's this, it says, though your beginning were small, it says, yet your latter end would greatly increase. Meaning though you, you started out small, your, your end would greatly increase. And so no matter where your life might be, I, I want you to get a, understand that God is a God of progression. He And it's because the thing is, is revelation is progressive. And the thing is, what does the word say? We grow from glory to glory and faith to faith. And, and so there's, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a denominational church and, and, uh, and, and I'm, nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with denomination. That's not, that's not what, what I'm saying is just what I saw growing up is, is the, the men and women that my parents were friends with, that even if I go to them today, 47 years later, they don't think different. They may have an idea of what the denomination believes and, and their creeds and their doctrines, but they're not living different. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're not giving different. They're not speaking different. There, it's, it's the staying in the same place and, and just doing the same things. And, and, and the thing is, if you're in the word long enough, you won't make excuses to sin. You won't make excuses to do things. It's, it's there, there's just, it, there's, there's God's always into growth. He's into not staying in the same place. I, I, I know he's a God that doesn't change and he's a God that doesn't lie, but he also never stays, stays put. He's, he's going forward. He's going forward. And, and the thing is, is he's always wanting us to come up to his way of seeing things. And, and so we can't settle. We have to understand, though our beginning might be small, though I might, I can put it this way, though I might be here in 2021, this time next year in 2022, I won't be in the same place. Spiritually. Well, the Lord said I'd be in Texas the majority of the rest of my life. So I don't, he's not moving me yet. But, but the point is, is, is it's, it's, we have to embrace there's more. 
We have to embrace the reality. There's more instead of just saying, I just, you know what? It's, I'm, I'm just going to stay here. I don't really know what God wants to do with my life. I don't know. The thing is, know this. He wants to do something more with your life. He wants to do something more with your finances. He wants to do something more with your children. He wants to do something more with, with the word of God he's placed in your heart. He wants to do something more with the call on your life. It doesn't matter how young you, old, young you are or how old you are. God's not done with you. He's just looking for a people that want to just follow him. Hallelujah. So what, what's the difference maker? What's going to make the difference in our lives? Genesis 41 verse 37. It says, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, as this is a man in whom the spirit of God is? Now listen, to that. this is Pharaoh speaking. This is Pharaoh talking. He's, he, he, worships, he worships the moon and frogs and all sorts of things. Yet he goes to all his people. He goes to all the people in his whole kingdom. And he makes this statement. And he says, and Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the spirit of God is? See, he's looking, Deborah, he's looking at, he's talking to his people, but yet he's looking at Joseph and he's saying, is there anyone else? Is there anyone among you that's like this, that the spirit of God is in? What did he recognize? See, see, we, he, in the natural, all the other servants just saw him as Joseph, just saw him as this ordinary man. But yet Pharaoh is, is stepping back as an ungodly man and saying there's something different about him. Is there anyone else? And he recognized that this ungodly leader recognized that there was something different about him. And what does he say? The spirit of God dwells in. You see, we might be ordinary, but what makes us uncommon is the Spirit of God on our lives. Thank you, Father. Can I get an amen? Let's go to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. I could go down each one of these and probably preach, probably do a sermon out of each of these to get some backstory here. But in Judges 6, verse 34, in the Amplified, it says this. It says, but the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. Now, this was Gideon. This is the one that was, the guy that was hiding he was hiding. He was hiding in the wine press. He, he's hiding himself. And he has a conversation with the angel of the Lord and, and says, says, who am I? He goes, I'm, I'm, I, I, am, I am from the poorest tribe and I'm in the least in my father's house. But, so not only am, am I from the smallest tribe, but I'm the least in that tribe. But yet we know God says that he says, he goes, you're you mighty man of valor. 
you mighty man of valor. But over here in verse 34, he says, but the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. And he blew a trumpet and the clan of Abiezer was gathered to him. Now think about it. What made Gideon see? He saw himself as insignificant. But when all of a sudden he mixed his faith with the word of God, that God said that I will be with you. And all of a sudden, now he realized that, that, that God's with me when he, when he stepped up in boldness and in faith, this uncommon man, so to speak, this, this, excuse me, this common man, so to speak, all of a sudden realized the spirit of God was on him. I love that. I love how that terminology, it says, and the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. Hallelujah. Now just, just get a picture of that. Just get a picture of that. He think here this common, ordinary man hiding himself. And when he gets hooked up with God, it says the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. The spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. So really this common man Put on something uncommon. Well, really, the spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. The spirit of the Lord is what caused Gideon to be uncommon. Clothed them. You see, you have to understand what what will make us an uncommon mother, uncommon father, uncommon leaders... Uncommon in our workplace, uncommon is going to be the spirit of God on our lives. Go to Judges. Actually, let's bypass it. Let's go to First Samuel. I was going to talk about Samson for a moment. Let's let's skip that. Let's go to First Samuel. First Samuel, chapter nine. Verse 20, actually verse 21. And Saul said, I am not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and is not my family. I'm sorry. And Saul said, am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and is not my family the least of all the families of the clans of Benjamin? Why then do you speak this way to me? Now, this was the prophet that was coming to him. And like I said, I wish I had time to, to go into this entire story here on how Saul got anointed. But let's go down to verse chapter 10, verse 6. Then the spirit, this is the amplified, then the spirit of the Lord will have come upon you mightily and you will show yourself to be a prophet with them and you will turn into another man. When these signs meet you, do whatever you find to be done, for God is with you. So now he says that this spirit that would come upon you. See, when we just we just read that Saul, how he he saw himself was insignificant. 
But yet here Samuel is prophesying over him and telling him that the spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you will show yourself to be a prophet with them and you will be turned into another man. And then it tells us why. He says, for God is with you. So we may be common people, so to speak. But we have to always, 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 always remember the God factor. The spirit of God on my life is what will make me different. The spirit of God on my life will cause me to live better, live higher. Thank you, Lord. Go to first Samuel 16. Verse six. It says, and when they had verses amplified, it says verse chapter 16, verse six, they amplified it says when they had come, he looked on Eliab, the eldest son and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. What is he saying? He he was saying this guy, Eliab, man, he looks like a warrior. He looks like a king. He looks uncommon. But verse 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, look not on the appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Hmm. So God is not about, God's not selecting people based on what things look on the out, outward. And we may get into that in this the next time as well, as in some other things here. But Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. But verse thirteen. But then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So the Lord, Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. Now let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. Lots of scripture here. So David was anointed king. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Look at verse 10. Thank you, Father. In the Amplified, it says, David became greater and greater, for the Lord God of hosts was with him. David became greater and greater. Now, we, we, can, we can look at David's life and we can see all the exceptional things he did. Uncommon. I mean, here was a teenage boy that slays a giant. That's uncommon. Let me make this statement. If there's anything exceptional about David's life, it wasn't because of David. There wasn't anything exceptional necessary about Gideon's life or Joseph's. There wasn't anything exceptional about them as in the natural, so to speak. But it had everything to do with God. And when we understand that, that you being uncommon isn't 
all about what you can do, but it's about what God wants to do in you and through you. See, it was the spirit of God upon these people's lives that was the difference maker. It was his spirit on their lives that made them great. It's said right there that David became greater and greater because he was just a great man. No, he became greater and greater because why? God was with him. And when we understand that Jesus's words are true, then and we, under, and we embrace this aspect that Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he goes on and says that I will be with you. Even into the end of the earth, even into the end of the world, right? The end of very end of Matthew 28. I will be with you even till the end. So we understand that, that, that we have God's presence on us, with us and in us. And it's that very presence that makes us uncommon in the earth. And I believe the world is looking for an uncommon people to stand up and say, peace be still to some storms. I, I believe there's some, I believe the world is looking for some uncommon people. Hallelujah. Because there's some uncommon things that need to happen in the earth. There needs to be raising the dead, miracles, signs and wonders, demons cast out. There needs to be some extraordinary extraordinary things, but I want you to know that you doing extraordinary things isn't about what you can do, but it's about what God can do through your life. Go to Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one. You know, I wrote this down. How liberating for us is it to realize that yes, we are ordinary, but that extraordinary things always come from God. That's liberating. I don't have to do a miracle. I don't have to come up with a message. I, I don't. I, studying to me is not is not is not work. I is not. I'm not. I don't stress about. Oh, I, I got to preach again. No. If that's the case, then that that's not. Messages from God just birthed out of relationship with God. I, 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 it's, not, it's not me having to get a red hot message. No, it's about me receiving a red hot message. Because Justin and himself, I'm not that smart. <laughs> Some of you shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just being real with you. I, I mean... I've never been to seminary, never had a speech class, never had, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, for me to be up here and, and do what I, is God, trust me. It was, it was interesting, I, I was asked to go speak at a university at, at, at a group of people that they were going to be, um, they were studying to be doctors. And, um, and so they, they, they called me up and they said, someone told us that we needed to listen to you. And they said that you just had a good way of communicating. And I'm like, and, and I was like, you want me to come to your university and talk to the doctors that are about to graduate? They said, you know what? Because they're really smart, but they don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> they don't have bedside manners. They don't know how. And, and so it, it was interesting. And I'm like, Lord, you want me to, I was like, I, so I told the, 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 the dean or whatever that talked to me that asked me, I said, do you realize that I've never had a speech class, nor do I have a degree? <laughs> They were like, um, well, I mean, I listened to you and you sounded pretty good. 
It's like, okay. And so I was like, Lord, what am I going to talk now in this setting to communicate with these, these soon to be doctors? They were, I mean, you, you got, you know, LGBT, you've got atheists, you've got agnostics, you've got all sorts of people. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to teach them about communication? He goes, I want you to teach them about the communication style of Jesus. And so the Lord showed, gave, gave me a message on the communication style of Jesus. And I taught, I taught the gospel to a bunch of soon-to-be doctors. And I had so many people come up to me and saying, I was like, I, n- I never heard Jesus talked about like that before. Now, I'm not saying that to, I'm, that has nothing to do with me, but I'm, I'm just saying that in myself, I don't have the ability to do what I do. And I want you to know that you will never have the ability to do what you do in your own ability. You will always hit a lid in yourself. That was a rabbit trail. Good. You're at Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, verse seven. And he said to them, is it not for you to know the times of the seasons with the father had put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. But you shall receive power. Hallelujah. We could change that ability. Now, we saw through the Old Testament, and just took to a handful of them, that what made them different was the Spirit of God upon their life. Now, if we went to Luke chapter 24, verse 49, you don't, don't turn there, but we looked at it, it tells us, he tells them, go to Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Well, the word endued there actually translated correctly is clothed with, that you're clothed upon. We saw that with Gideon. He clothed, the Spirit out clothed himself, right? So here's the same thing, but you shall receive power, you shall receive ability, you shall receive something extraordinary when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And when that power comes upon you, what's going to happen? You're going to be witnesses, so understand these were, these were ultimately, these were nobody men that God's speaking to, but yet he tells them that there's something extraordinary that's going to come upon your life. And when this extraordinary thing comes upon your life, you're going to be a witness. So this is what changed them from being, from being cowardly to courageous. To be witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is someone that has firsthand experience. What is a witness? A witness is an instrument of proof. Let me say a witness is one with firsthand experience. See, it's not what someone else said. It's not what someone else, that's hearsay in court of law. But a witness has firsthand experience. Number two, a definition of witness is an instrument of proof. A witness is someone that declares truth. 
a witness is one that produces evidence. A witness is someone that's producing evidence of facts. So let me read it this way. The Holy Spirit has come upon our lives. Hallelujah. So we can give firsthand experience. The Holy Spirit's come upon our life for us to declare truth. The Holy Spirit's come upon our life to produce evidence. The Holy Spirit's come upon our lives for us to be instruments of proof. We are called and we are equipped and we are empowered to bring about extraordinary things in the earth. He's poured out his spirit on our lives so we no longer live ordinary lives, but live extraordinary lives. Look at Acts chapter 4. I'm just going to go through a few more scriptures. Ephesians 4. I'm sorry. Acts 4. Sorry. My mind's gone. Thank you, Father. Acts 4. Look at verse 13. Now think about the disciples had the Holy Spirit. They said, go until you're clothed with power from on high. And we know before that they were fishermen, tax collectors, just ordinary people. Common, ordinary people. But here in verse 13 of Acts 4, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Wait a minute. They perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. You can't get any more common than that. So there was, there was, there was some, there was some revelation that here's your sign. There was some revelation that, wait, wait a minute. These, these aren't like everyone else. Wait a minute. These aren't like the doctors of the law. These, they perceived it. I mean, (laughs) they were dressing different. They looked different. They talked different. I'll leave it there. But then it says they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So even though they perceive naturally that these guys are, whoa, <laughs> but wait a minute, there's something marvelous about them. Verse 14 says, and beholding the man which was healed. So now they're looking at perceiving that they're common men. They're seeing it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's, they, they've been with Jesus and now they're looking at the guy that was healed. They're like, which way, way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Which, um, um, so they were looking at the man that was healed standing with them and they could say nothing against it. You see, See, when God does things, <laughs> when God does things, the world can't say anything about it. The world likes to talk, but when God moves, the world will shut up. You see, they couldn't say anything. Thank you, Father. But when they had commanded them to go aside to the council, they conferred among themselves. And then verse 16 saying, what shall we do with these men? 
Wow. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 6. I believe you're receiving this tonight, getting a hold of this, because my whole heart is for you to understand that God takes common things and does uncommon things with them. Thank you, Lord. Where to start? Let's look at verse. Hmm. For sake of time, let's look at verse 3. It says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. And he didn't ask, look out for men that are preachers, look out for men that are um, apostles, the people that are priests. No, he says, look out men. And, but it was just there's this honest report. What is it? Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will, so we, but we will give ourselves continue to prayer into the ministry of the word. So these weren't the disciples. These weren't the apostles. These were other men. So they were select these men. So the apostles and the prophets can continually to give themselves to the word. So he's talking about ministry of helps people. He's talking about people serving in the church. He's talking about maybe people in the worship team, maybe people in the parking lot, maybe different ones. He's talking about just really ordinary people serving in the church. Verse five says in the saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip, and Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenas, uh, Nicholas, and the proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. Then verse 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. So here, he would just choose brethren. These were brethren that were just showing up. But yet they had a pursuit after God. And and they, they got selected. And it says this, Stephen, he wasn't a disciple. He wasn't an apostle at this time. But what does it say about him? He was full of faith and power and did great wonders. Thank you, Father. So God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. Let's do another scripture. Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. You know, Philip wasn't one of the original disciples. It wasn't one of the original apostles. I mean, they, they, one, one of the one of the those they chose in Acts chapter uh, chapter six. One of them was named Philip. I don't want to. I don't want to just declare that they were the same Philip necessarily. You know, this was Philip the evangelist. But Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ. And the people, with one accord, gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
For unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies and there were lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. All because God took an ordinary man and he did something extraordinary through them. All right, let me close with this scripture. Acts chapter 17. Hallelujah. I want you to see yourself as a believer. I want you to see yourself as the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to see yourself as one that is full of faith and filled with the Holy Spirit. Because those are, those are the prerequisites that God uses to do extraordinary things through. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. It says, but when they had failed to find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities. Who is Jason? Exactly. I mean, there's not, I mean, not a whole lot. There's probably could maybe go to Josephus and maybe find a little more about Jason. Different ones in early, early days. But, but I mean, with this, I mean, Jason wasn't, he, he there's nothing written about Jason. There's nothing, he didn't write anything. We don't see a whole lot about Jason, but here it says that they failed to find them, but they dragged Jason and some of the brethren before the city authorities crying, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. So this is guy Jason and the brethren, the people that turned the world upside down are, came here also. Now, what can God do through a group of people that knows that they are living uncommon lives? These were people that got an understanding that I'm not supposed to be like the rest of the world. I'm not supposed to be like everyone else, but I'm supposed to live uncommon. So who are these that turned the world upside down? So the world doesn't get it. You know, they were trying to turn it right side up. But this is where, I believe this is where, where the church is that we need to step into as the church. Not just this church, but the church needs to step in to who we are in Christ and who we are as believers. Because it's when we settle that and we understand that we, we will not go back, but we'll go forward. We will not give in, but we will take territory. We will take land. Why? Because, because of who's on the inside of us and who's with us. Living uncommon is what God wants us to step into in 2021. Will you step in with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you for the challenge that it brings. And I thank you. Just as you even saw in Saul's day when he was standing before Jesse's sons. I thank you that extraordinary isn't about the outward, but it's about the heart. So tonight, Lord, I thank you that you stirred our hearts. That even being uncommon or being extraordinary is not about personal fame or personal glory.
It's not about our personal prosperity, our personal blessing, or, or all those things are our rights as covenant believers. But it's about the heart, about truly knowing who we are. And we are yours. And you are ours. So Lord, I thank you for a group of people. A house, a church, a body. That is pursuing this uncommon life. To be able to live in this common world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that tonight? Amen. We'll give him a shout of praise, Joseph.